Welcome to the Fantasy Ace Ball Podcast. This is your host, Tim Kanak. You can find me on Twitter at Fantasy Ace Ball, and you can find my written work over on Friends with Fantasy Benefits. And Raymond, too. Raymond, writing with me on Friends with Fantasy Benefits. We had our article come out today that accompanies this podcast. So if you listen and you miss something or you want more detail, I would go ahead and check that article out. Raymond, what up? What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? Raymond at Raymond Atherton on the Twitter. Raymond winning matchups with six ERAs. Must be nice. (laughs) Yeah. Happens every once in a while. Maybe once a season you get lucky and win a couple categories you weren't supposed to. It evens out when you uh, hit like 19 home runs in a matchup and your opponent hits 20 and you lose and you have the second most in the in the week and took an, took an L. So it's good to get some good luck every now and then. Yeah, true. So, dude, the A's are going to move to Vegas. What? Dude, I don't know. I saw, like, I was all in on them going to Vegas. And then I saw that, like, did you see that timeline, like, over the last 20 years that they've, like, had all these potential leads in all these different cities and none of them came to fruition? So when they break ground, I'll believe it. But didn't they put money down? No, they hate. I think the update or the wording I saw was like they have interest or they're leaning towards it or something. Oh, I thought they like already put like a down payment down. Oh, on may, I mean, I'll look it up real like quick. That. But okay. I mean, I don't know if if they if they buy land in Las Vegas, the Oakland Athletics. It's like, what else are they going to do with that <laughs> if they don't end up moving there? They build a casino, the Oakland Athletics Casino. And see, this is like this is the thing that I was just going to say. The Oakland, the first update I see here, they're seeking five hundred million dollars in public funding for their new stadium. Like the fact that they're super cheap isn't going to change it if they're in a different city. They're like they're going to be in the same position they're in right now, where like they are going to rely on taxpayers to pay for their stadium because they refuse to. It shouldn't be that hard to get that in Cali, dude. They they get taxed out the in yang. So, like, yeah, but yeah. they they pay so much in taxes. It's like, I think you know, I don't know. Well, that would they, make it even harder, like though, right? That. If you're talking about making high taxes even higher, priorities, priorities. <laughs> I just, Man, we don't just need to, we, we don't need to reinforce the Golden Gate Bridge. Let's keep a baseball team in town. Oh, you're right, though. <laughs> this is a binding agreement. Yeah, they're buying the land. That's what I'm saying. They're buying the land. If they if they don't move there, that means that they're buying that land. They're just gonna they're gonna have to do something with it. Minor league yeah. team, or I don't know, or headquarters, or like I said, like the Oakland Athletics Casino. I don't know. So, dude, and then <laughs> anyway, the, they're moving, dude. They're gonna move. This statement they put out was just such ridiculousness. Like we have worked. We have invested unprecedented time and resources for the past six years to build a ballpark in Oakland. Yeah, except you didn't get the $500 million you needed from the people, so now you're moving. Like, don't act all high and mighty. Like, that. that's ridiculous. Every team does that, though. I can't even, I can't remember, but I remember when the Marlins built their stadium, because I've lived in South Florida for so long. Uh, When the Marlins built their stadium, like, everyone in Miami had to pay so much money for that thing to get built. 
Like, I don't know how much the Miami ownership actually paid for it and how much the city paid for it, like what the percentage breakdown was. But oh, dude, I know I that the city of Miami is still paying for that stadium, I think. Yeah, dude. I remember uh, Dan Lebitard talking about that. They just, like, ripped off the entire city of Miami. Yeah. And then they had this stupid statue. They had, like, that home run statue thing that was out in the outfield. Yeah. And then whenever Jeter got in there, Jeter's like, get this stupid statue out of here. And then they moved it to outside of the stadium. So now it like, is sitting outside of the stadium in one of the corners, like when you go in through one of the parking lots. And who knows how much they spent for that stupid thing that like taxpayers are paying for. It's like, why? <laughs> I let the Clevelander pay for the whole thing. Like, that's what they should have done. Is just, I mean, the whole stadium is basically, if, if you ever go to a Miami baseball game, it's the whole stadium's a nightclub, so it's like they might as well have just let the nightclubs pay for the stadium, and then charge tickets to you know to come into the nightclub instead of the baseball game because they'd probably make more money that way. God, that's dude. Miami is such a such a unique place. Yes, it is. <laughs> There's nothing like it, bro. If you follow, uh, what's that guy? The guy who made Cocaine Cowboys. I can't remember his name. He's on like Joe Rogan and stuff all the time. Uh, that guy, that guy is, uh, he said, he, oh, what's his name? He's like the smashing pumpkins singer, but it's like slightly different. Billy, Billy Corbin or Billy Corbett Corgan. I don't know. One of them's smashing pumpkins. eye, and one's the cocaine cowboys guy. Hmm. I, I, was gonna say, I don't know who you're talking about. <laughs> I think it's Billy Corbin. I don't know. He has this whole thing. Like he, he does these like hashtags, like only in Miami or whatever. And he posts all these random crap about corruption and just dumb people doing dumb Florida man things. It's like Florida man gets taken to like 1000 times in Miami. It's like every, like Florida man is, is normal. If you're not a Florida man in Miami, you won't even survive. (laughs) (laughs) That's the way it is. And anyone in South Florida right now who's listening to this is nodding their heads. They're like, yep. (laughs) Uh, Just drive, just drive down I-95 one time and you're good to go. (laughs) <laughs> um anyway let's get into stu- to baseball stuff lineup notes roster notes we got stuff for almost every team baltimore orioles my boy gunner henderson off to a horrendous start basically tanking me in every league right now i'm so sad about gunner henderson and i think he's gonna be fine but he's hurting me now it's like I was thinking about it the other day. I don't know if you remember. It was like Alex Bregman's sophomore season, Raymond. Like Bregman, his first year was really good. And then his sophomore season, he started the season like 0 for 43 or something like that. And like I had Bregman everywhere at that point. And like when I like that was just so painful because I was like, I can't drop this guy. I know he's going to be good. But then he's just killing me in every league because I was so in on him that I had him in every league. That's what Gunnar Henderson is doing to me right now. He's breaking my heart. How do you feel about Gunnar Henderson? Yeah, dude. I mean, I'm not excited. I traded uh, Tommy Edmund for him in a league like the second weekend of the season. And Edmund's batting ninth, which is what scared me off. But he's been balling. So I saw he hit a home run yesterday, the day before. Like he, he hit a double, a triple, a home run, and walked, and then he should get the single. Yeah, he had, so he went three for three to start the game with homer, triple, double, 
And then the next, he had three more plate appearances. One of them he walked, and then the other two he got out. <laughs> he had three tries to get the single one, couldn't get it. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. But no, dude, I have, yeah. I mean, I have him one place now, and it's not fun. No, it's not. Um, yeah, so he's down at seventh in the order. And Adam Frazier is hitting ahead of him. And Adam Frazier is hitting like 210, and he has no power. So I really don't understand that whatsoever, what the Orioles are doing with Adam Frazier. I don't even know why did they sign him to begin with. I think when he, they signed him, we had a podcast, and we were talking about it. We're like, why? Why would you block Norby and Westberg? And Ortiz, and like you have all these good prospects in AAA just hanging out. And you sign Adam Frazier of all guys. Yeah, you were way more upset about that than I was. But I think what I said is he's the guy you sign, hope he does okay for three months, and then you can trade him for prospects. Who would trade for Adam Frazier? He bats left handed, right? He's just that's, not good. That's, he just that's always nothing. valuable. He does yeah. nothing. He's he's a nothing. He's a, he's not even a guy. He's less than a guy. Sorry, Adam Frazier. Boston Red Sox. Jaron Duran is back with the team, and he's actually hitting so far. I even added him in the Fantasy Baseball Invitational because my outfield is so atrocious that I just needed someone who could get a point. Just get one point. I have guys with negative points still, Raymond, over the whole year. I have guys have with negative, negative points. Over, that's over gonna, 70 or 80 at-bats. That's going to be my uh, my catcher spot in that league now. <laughs> yeah, mine too. Actually, no, I've, I, the good thing I didn't trade Link Lears. I was trying to trade Link Lears because I had Ohapi, but now with this Ohapi injury, like he might be out for the season. It's still kind of unannounced. I guess we'll get into that with the injuries and when we talk about the Angels. But, you uh, know yeah. funny? Otner sends me so many emails and like they just all of a sudden stopped. And I'm like, dude, what is happening? And they're just all in my spam folder. They emailed me so much that Google is like, this has to be spam. Were you not reading them? No, I mean, I most of the information you can get just from the the subject of the email. So I don't read all of them, but that's no, why probably because you're not opening and Google is smart. Google's like. Dude, this has to be spam because you're not even looking at this shit. So <laughs> and it just filters it out. Google's smart like that. That's so funny. <laughs> All right. What Red Sox, they have a six-man rotation right now with Bayo back. And uh, I don't know what they're doing with that, though, because James Paxton is also about to be back. And then they had James Paxton, who was actually pitching really, really, really good in the minors. They had him pitch out of the bullpen out of nowhere the other day, and he got rocked. He gave like four runs in like a third of an inning or something like that. And it's like, well, of course, you're taking a starter and pitching him out of the bullpen in the minors for the first time ever. I don't know why they would make Paxton a reliever when they've spent this kind of coin on him. It makes more sense to put Hawk in relief, in my opinion. But... Or get rid of Pavetta. Pavetta sucks, so I don't really know. Hauk was he good the other day. He went yeah, seven he, innings through 90-something pitches. I think that was yesterday. Uh, he was, but he's the one guy who's not getting paid. He's still in arbitration years. Everyone else is under contract. So, like, financially, it makes more sense to keep Hawk in the bullpen to for, for, like, money reasons, you know? Yeah, but we know... 
we know the big maple or big maple however you i don't know if he is a the but we know he can't stay healthy so uh, in theory pitching him out of the bullpen makes a little bit of sense but they're gonna have to do something because if they're all healthy they have seven starters now Dude, they need to cut Corey Kluber is what they need to do. No, I think Kluber's not even their worst starter, dude. I think Pafetta's even worse. But Paxton, how much is he signed for? Didn't they sign him for like he they signed him last year for like two years and sixteen million or two years and twenty million or something? Like you can't pay a reliever who's not a closer like ten million a year. Like yeah, how can you justify that expense? <laughs> I mean, the Diamondbacks just cut Madison Bumgarner. Sometimes, sometimes, like, what do they say? Like, compounding a mistake. I don't know. Like, so much the Cardinals out. Yeah. They just promoted yeah. Aldi Young. Like, just because you have a lot of money wrapped up into it doesn't mean you need to keep running him out there every fifth day because you're just guaranteed to lose as he serves up meatballs to freaking Joey Gallo. I mean, you've you've watched that. You're a Tigers fan. I've watched that. I I had to watch Dexter Fowler run out there for five years in a Cardinals uniform. For God's sake, uh, <laughs> doing nothing. So we know how that goes. Uh, Chicago White Sox. Benintendi is now lead off for the White Sox. Vaughn is hitting third, which like Tony Larusa is probably rolling over in his grave seeing that. And then uh, is he alive? I guess. And then <laughs> Yasmani Yasmani Grandal is hitting fifth. And Jake Berger is sitting right behind him. And Jake Berger might be a dude. Like, that guy's five home runs in the last, like, week or whatever. Are you in on some Jake Berger? Yeah, dude, I watched a White Sox game randomly, and he's so bad at defense. I watched him just get Bill Buckner at first base. Like, <laughs> um, DH. That, yeah, DH. But they have too many DHs. But, yeah, no, he's always been able to hit. I think he was rocking AAA when, uh, when he was down there. So, no, I, yeah, in a league where he's got a position, for sure. Yeah. Kyle Hendricks, cancer-free. Man, that was fast. Like, after the Trey Mancini thing, I can't, like, that's awesome. Like, I just didn't, was not expecting that at all. I was not in and on him at all this year. I just figured he's going to miss the whole season. But, like, yeah, I think we all did. It's because of the, we just used Mancini as a precedent, and it's a completely different situation. Obviously, I mean, like, it's can't everyone like when you have cancer, it's like different levels and shit. Like, we should have known. Every everyone knows someone who has cancer, and we just all think based on like, oh, Mancini, and I think it's just like everybody, and you know, like, I don't know anybody. I have not talked to anyone who thought Hendricks was going to come back this soon. And I know a lot of these industry pundits and stuff, and like, I, I don't know. I think. We're just all kind of idiots <laughs> when it comes to the comes to this. So, uh, I mean, congratulations, congratulations, Liam Hendricks. Um, it's awesome, and I wish I had shares of you. <laughs> yeah, um, he's pretty much owned in it, obviously every league we're in, but I'm sure he's out there in some home leagues. Some make sure he's not sitting out there. But yeah, yeah. Go June. I don't know. You think you think he needs a full month to wrap up? I, I guess it depends on what condition his body's in. He's already I, been throwing. I, I bet he only needs two weeks. Relievers, man, don't have to get stretched out as far. So, yeah, I bet. Yeah, June is probably a good. I, they'll take it slow, but he's already I been be throwing. Surprised. He's already been. I'd be surprised if it's May. Yeah, I wouldn't either. He's already been working out with the team, and 
I can't remember what podcast I heard it on, but I heard, I heard a podcast and someone was saying that they saw him and it was like, this dude has lost like no weight. They're like, That's I know crazy. people who have gone through chemo and have lost like weight so fast. Like, like it was nothing. And this guy, they're like, he looks like the same guy. <laughs> so like, I don't know. I mean, he's a beast. So I don't, he's Australian. I don't know if he's hanging out with uh, Thor. What's his face? The guy who plays Thor. And just working out. Chris Hemsworth. Yeah, Hemsworth. And just working. There's like three Hemsworths, so I can never keep them all straight. Liam, Chris, and something. I don't know. But working out with those Vikings and trying to figure it out. Uh, Cleveland Guardians. So uh, I'm going to just read this verbatim uh, because I think it's kind of funny. I I wrote here, in an effort to be the most confusing team of all time, the Indians, I mean Guardians, have Josh Bell, Josh Naylor, Bo Naylor, Will Benson, oopsie gone, Will Brennan, Logan Allen, and Logan Allen. Oh, wait, one of the Logan Allens is now gone too. And have now called up three pitching prospects this year without calling up any other top three pitching prospects of Gavin Williams, Tanner Bibby, and or Bybee, sorry, and Daniel Espino. Is that not confusing? It's like almost as confusing to me as Oswald Peraza and as Oswaldo Cabrera. Yeah, I heard somebody say you just need to remember as Waldo has the extra O because he plays the outfield. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> um, but no, dude, I hate the Guardians. Like <laughs> two Logan, like literally two Logan Allen. Wasn't the other guy just there like a year ago? Now you think he's in Colorado, but like, wasn't he just there like a year ago? Yeah, that sounds right. Have you been watching The Mandalorian at all? No, dude, I'm not a Star Wars guy. Okay, so for anyone who watches Star Wars, I feel like they're just cloning. Like it's like it's like the whole clone thing going on at the Star. I don't know. <laughs> it's it's like uh, Moff Gideon or whatever is clone. I don't know. Uh, Detroit Tigers, Javi Baez hitting third again. What up, Raymond? I guess he made up for his mistakes. I don't know. Did he do something good? No, uh, no, I don't know, dude. I can't. First of all, I can't watch Tigers games; they're blacked out. But um, no, AJ Hinch said he like they had a good talk. He took his lumps. He understood why he did it, and he was back out there. But dude, I saw I saw Bios hit like an RBI single, and it was just the pitch was like three inches off the ground. Like, what are we doing? Why? Why are you so bad at plate discipline? I can't remember I who it was. I saw someone. Or that t- Dude, someone yesterday the Tigers hit, are actually got a hit off a terrible bounce. as I thought. Oh, I saw that. It was someone from the Angels. Yeah, I was going to say, I can't remember who did that, but literally the pitcher spiked the curve, fucking sc- spiked the curveball, and it bounced off the plate, and the hitter hit it. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> yeah, dude, I saw that too. I couldn't tell you who it was, though. <laughs> that was not on purpose and then i saw someone someone on twitter was like when did baseball turn into cricket it made me laugh yeah that was funny <laughs> yeah uh yeah so Baez, dude uh this is the big question for you as the tigers fan as the barely a tigers fan anymore because they're so been so bad for so long is justin henry malloy is this is this his week because i really think he might be a thing he might be a thing no, I doubt it. It seems like 
it seems like they would well i mean why why do you think that like what happened to change that they just called up akil badu so i doubt it What is happening? You're muted, buddy. You saw that? There you go. Uh, <laughs> hey! So, anywho, I was saying that Justin Henry Malloy, the reason that they might bring him up is because uh, he's hitting 379, 544, 534. That's his triple slash. In AAA. Yeah, that's pretty good. His on base per his OBP is five four four over almost that's, 100 state appearances right now. That's really good. Like <laughs> I heard uh I think it was your hard. audio just got so much worse. Did it? One segundo. Is it my mic? Yes, my mic turned off. Why? I don't know why. There you go. Dude, Adelise Garcia has three homers today. Does he really? Yeah. Crazy. And my mic shut off. I'm going to try to fix it right now. He's three for three with three homers, four runs, and six RBIs. Dude, my son still isn't asleep. I might have to bounce. Oh. You can't leave me solo. Uh, <laughs> I guess you got to do it. We just have to rip through anyway, this. Yeah. yeah, Justin Henry Malloy, 379, 544 OBP. That's insane. I heard on another podcast, it was uh, Eric Cross said that he comped him, I think, to Nick Marquez. Because he like, has barely any power, but he just gets on base at a ridiculous rate. So, And the Tigers would take a Nick Marquez at this point. They don't really have any guys who can get on base. So. Yeah, they need – I don't know. He might actually help. We'll win too many games, but. Yeah. So, Houston Astros, Mauricio Dubon is leading off, and Kyle Tucker is still hitting fifth. Do you have anything to say to that? Yeah, the Houston – yeah, for some reason, they do not want Kyle Tucker leading off. And I, mean, I don't understand why. Arbitration, maybe? Yeah. I get. I don't know if it would make much of a difference if he gets 115 runs versus 100 runs. He's still going to go 30-30 or whatever or close to it. So I don't really think it would make much of a financial difference. I don't think the arbitrators are that dumb. But I guess Dusty Baker is. Kansas City Royals, Araldis Chapman is back. And he might be the most exciting team player on this team besides Bobby Witt and Vinny P. Right now. What say you? Yeah, I have Chapman and... And Barlow, not ever on the same team because that's gross. But I was thinking about dropping Barlow, and I have him in one of the dynasty leagues. He's been so bad. His ERA is over eight. Yeah, and Chapman has been lights out. I don't think he's allowed to run yet. He has like 10 or 12 strikeouts. He's been really he good. So, so yeah. Good. He, he just looks so good. He looks like back, like he's 100% back. Tyler was a couple of years ago. And, like, we talked about he wouldn't assign there if he didn't think he had a shot to be the closer. So, 
I would guarantee he gets their next save. From this, they haven't had a lot of save chances. Yeah, they're they're not good. And it would be it would be dumb of them though to let Barlow close, I think, at this point. Dude. Because Chapman I, is an asset that they can trade at the deadline and get something valuable back. Like, why wouldn't you let him close and then yeah. add to I his value? Tell me right now. I literally wrote in the notes down below that like Tell me Chapman to the Phillies at the trade deadline doesn't make the most sense in the world. Oh my God. Kimbrell would kill himself. <laughs> <laughs> he's he not wants getting saves, saves so dude. bad. He's not getting yeah, saves there. He doesn't care. No, he he wants saves so bad. He, I'm telling you, he is just trying he has been he is so bad. He is just trying to build his Hall of Fame resume. He just wants saves. That's I guarantee that's all he cares about. Like he's remember when he went to the White Sox? Them. He was he was playing so well, and he went to the White Sox. And when he was pitching behind Hendricks, he was terrible. He he cannot do it. Uh, Los Angeles Angels, Logan O'Hoppy, the shoulder, owie owie booby booby, boo 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 boo. <laughs> uh, <laughs> man, it sucks. It sucks. I have so much Logan O'Hoppy all over the place, so it really sucks. Yeah, dude. Minnesota I... Twins. I yeah, know you loved him. Um, and he was like your like you waited on catcher and then tried to get him and then in a couple leagues, I think he still missed. So even that, if he's out for hurts. the season, even if he's out for the season, I'm still keeping him in a lot of leagues. Because I feel like the value that I got on him this year was so good because there were rumors that Stassi was gonna be the starting catcher and Hoppy was gonna go to the minors before right before drafts. So he kind of fell in drafts pretty good. So um for keeper, for keeper sakes, I would definitely be keeping him. So it just sucks to roster guys that might be out for the whole year. And they haven't really announced anything. Like, oh, we're going to sit him for 10 days and see how he reacts. Dude, I okay. hate that. <laughs> That's <laughs> what they said. Dude, the, like, the vagueness of injuries drives me nuts. Like, just give me something, man. Yeah, we just need like uh, AI doctors, robot doctors to tell us the truth. <laughs> No, what we need is we need to figure out how to like AI to like listen to these managers speak and like read between the lines. Of, yeah, of the yeah. BS that they're spewing to the media. <laughs> uh, Angels, uh, Jose Quijada, dude, how is he not owned in every league? He's got four saves now. He might be leading. He's like tied in with the lead in base plus saves, I think, and he's still only like thirty five percent owned. I guess we'll get into that later, but that's stupid. Uh, Minnesota Twins. Jorge Polanco, not Gregory, is back. He's hitting fifth, playing second. Eduard Julian, my boy that I just got in TGFBI, spent 36 bucks on or 37 bucks on him, is now down, even though he hit another homer the other day. It's dumb. And Raymond, I think we psyched ourselves out because we both psyched ourselves out on adding Joe and Duran, and now he has four saves, and, and Jorge Lopez only has one. We – I – this is going to be a trust the process, not the results kind of thing. But like the twins gave us no indication that this is what they were going to do. And I still don't trust them. Like just because he's get, has four saves in April doesn't mean he's going to have the majority, 80% of the saves in May. So I, I still think they're going to try and push his value down as much as they can. Yeah. We were just guessing we're doing guesswork and we're like, okay, uh, Joe and Duran had two saves in September, and Lopez I was gonna say if, one, so I remember that being like the sticking point. If he had like yeah. five or six saves in September, I would have been all in, but yeah, but then everyone else would have been all in. Yep. 
Yeah. It, the thing isn't everyone else would have been all in and his price would have been a lot higher. I don't know. Yep. I think we should have just gone. We, we had a gut feeling on him, but then we didn't go for it. We were, we both like, I don't, I mean, I don't yeah. I think I, I have zero shares of him. I think you do too, right? Don't we have him in OPL? No, we wanted him. And then oh, we lost him. We lost, we let, we went for Munoz instead. We were like, should we spend, we we're like, okay, Duran is at like eight or nine and Munoz is at like 14. Should we go 15 on Munoz or nine or whatever on Duran? And then we talked about it and we were like, okay, we think Munoz has the better percentage chance of getting the saves over Duran. And it's a saves only league. So that's why we went Munoz. And now Munoz is hurt. Duran is loading up on saves. So, but mm-hmm. then again, I think Munoz will still get the saves when he comes back. So I don't think it's really a bad decision. It's just like maybe like, I don't know, could have saved some coin maybe if we'd gone both even. So, anywho, New York Yankees, New York, Volpe is leading off, your boy, and Glaber Torres is hitting cleanup. This is the guy that everyone in New York wanted to trade this offseason. He's their cleanup hitter. He's, like, the best player on the team right now. Better than Aaron Judge. Uh-oh, someone's going to come after me for that one. And uh, Oswald Peraza is up, and he's playing pretty well, too. So, I think Peraza is going to stick up because he's hitting and he's playing defense right now. So it makes sense for Praza to stay on the team. What do you say, you Raymond? I'm less convinced he's going to stick um, when they get healthy again, but we don't know how long Stanton's going to be out. So they just said Donaldson's going to be out for a long time now. I mean, they said Donaldson's okay, out so for yeah. like a couple months or whatever. I mean, if that's the case, then yeah, he'll probably stick because they don't really have anyone else to plug in there, dude. I can't believe Aaron Hicks is still on this team. Um, and it's one of those money things that we were talking about. Yeah, yep, yeah. It's literally exactly what we were just talking about. But he can also play defense, though, so he's semi-useful. He's like and Jason Harrison, Hayward. Well, Bader is going to um, come back at some point, too, so. Maybe yeah, Hicks, that's true. Maybe he they just get rid started, of Hicks when yeah. Bader comes back. Who knows? I, yeah. I don't know. I like this team, dude. I love Volpe. He had a home run today. He's... He's still only hitting like 190, but he's been walking pretty consistently. Um, he's been, I think he's perfect eight for eight in steals. And I bet he doesn't give the leadoff job back when, because like when they moved LeMahieu down, they clearly wanted him to be more of like a run producer than a table setter. And nobody else on this team really has that skill set besides LeMahieu. So I bet Volpe is going to stick at the one spot. Yeah. You know, I have this really weird feeling that when the Oakland Athletics move to Las Vegas, they're going to spend a shitload of money. No, do you have that feeling? A leopard doesn't change its spots. No, I don't. No, this is what's going to happen. They're going to move to Vegas, and as soon as they move to Vegas, they're going to sell the team to someone else, and then they're going to turn into one of these teams because they're going to be in Vegas that just spends a shitload of money. And right now, they're like a roadshow because they got Mason Miller throwing one on one. The Mason Miller talk right here. They've got a story where he's like the fastest guy in baseball leading off. Now they just need to get like the hardest hitter in baseball. They just need to get uh, like mini Aaron judge and they'll have the speed, they'll have the power. They'll have the, the, the fastball, like just, they'll be the greatest show in, in, in on the road or whatever, the, whatever you want to call it. Like Trade for O'Neill Cruz. <laughs> yeah. yeah they're, the just, they're just like a baseball hard. circus team. <laughs> it's like the globe trotters or something of baseball. Uh, but yeah, Mason Miller's up. I, I think he's a legit dude. I don't know. Like, I talked about I watched, him Gabe a little bit, but like the fastball, the cutter, 
the even the sl- the sliders average, but like the fastball and the cutter are both elite pitches. Yeah, dude, I watched I watched the start as much as I could anyway, and he was spotting one hundred and one on the corners. He just got Babbitt. He like I remember one of the big hits he gave up with like two runners on was just a blooper into like over the second baseman's head. Like it was not hit hard. So I'm I think he might be a little like Dustin Mayish in the sense that he's not going to go deep into games. It's pretty obvious, but also like I don't know if he's got the swing and miss stuff in his arsenal yet. Like with how ridiculous those three pitches are, you would think he's like a 10k guy, but I doubt he'll. He reminds me of Classe. This is what he reminds me. Of. He reminds me of Emmanuel Classe as a starter. That was so long ago. I forgot about that. It's so long ago. What do you mean? Classe is still pitching. I know. I'm kidding. When he was a starter? Classe was a starter? I never do that. Oh, okay. I get what you're saying. No, I'm saying like it's, it's as if, if he was a Classe starter. was a starter. That's how, that's how he pitches because it's like fastball cutter, fastball cutter. Um, yeah, drop like a curveball every now and then. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, anywho, uh, Angels also have some other interesting players. Ling Lears is playing very well. If you need a catcher, I think we'll talk more about him later. And Jordan Diaz was called up, and he hit a homer, pinch hit homer the other day. I kind of like Jordan Diaz a little bit. Uh, he's not going to be a star or anything like that, but deep leagues, solid player. Seattle Mariners, nothing new here, but um, it will be interesting to see who gets the saves when Munoz has come back because Seawald has been pretty lights out while Munoz has been gone. Sam Haggerty came back today, who I don't think is good, but for some reason the Mariners do. Uh, he can't be their worst guy. So, <laughs> Rays. He's Taj just going to sack playing time. Yes, yeah, dude. Exactly. He, yes, Taj. Taj is back for good. Oh. He's not going down ever again. He's here for, to stay. So, and he's freaking lights out. Gabe and I just talked about him like the whole podcast last time. We all we talked about, if you, if you didn't listen, Raymond, all we did was talk about Taj Bradley and then made fun of you for Chris Sale. That was like the whole podcast. Yeah, I had a feeling. Um, I do need to listen. I haven't listened yet, but um, at some point we're going to have to worry about innings with Taj Bradley, but that's a problem for two or three months from now. Josh Lowe is up and he's balling right now. So Josh Lowe's good. Uh, Curtis Mead hit a homer today and Kyle Manzardo hit two homers. So possibly these guys will be coming up at some point. Probably... It will be after Harold Ramirez and Paredes and all these other Yandy Diaz. All these guys start slowing down a little bit. If it happens, that's when it will come up. Because right now the Rays have so many hitters. It's like, why? Like, there's really no need to bring anyone up at this point. And I have a lot of meat and Manzardo shares, so that makes me unhappy and sad. But it is what it is. Got anything on that? No, dude. I Harold Ramirez looks legit. I don't know why he's batting leadoff with how much power he's got, but I saw someone, I think it was Chris Towers on Twitter, comp him to like a prime um, Marcelo Zuna. And like that, that tracks, like that passes the eye test. Like I mentioned the Dodgers get the most out of their players, but the Rays do it even better. Oh yeah. By the way, Fairbanks has two saves and Jason Adam has zero. If you're keeping count, Texas Rangers, Travis Jankowski is hitting second in baseball. I guess uh, 
whoever the Rage Rangers manager, who is it? Bochi? Bochi's their manager now. Bruce Bochi. Yeah, I guess Bochi's never read uh, Smart Baseball because like you're supposed to hit your best hitter second. You got Travis Jankowski hitting second. He's like a he's a backup on the Padres, and the Padres were bad. So <laughs> I don't really get that. Jose Leclerc and Will Smith are tied with one save each for the Rangers, but the Rangers are still winning. So it is, you know, Bruce Bochy doing Bruce Bochy things. I just don't really get the Jankowski hitting second thing. Um, I don't know. Rangers doing all right. Blue Jays. Matt Chapman is not hitting cleanup instead of our show. And we talked about last time, Raymond, uh, and you were, I think you were on that one about Matt Chapman's barrels and EVs, how he's just lighting it up. He still is. I, I don't know what it is this year, but Matt Chapman is finally deciding to fully break out. After, like, Maybe he's, think, what was it, his rookie year? Like, everyone was all over him. And then he just kind of, like, backtracked. And then now he's no, just he finally, had, like, bursting out. When those A's were decent, he had a few good years in there. But maybe he's finally recovered from that hip, dude. Like, maybe he's, like, all the way back. Because he had, like, legit hip surgery, right? Yeah. That's hard. His, his second and third years in the league were pretty strong. Then 2020, I mean, it was the COVID year. He was okay. But then 21, he was atrocious. I mean, he still had 27 homers, but besides that, he was pretty bad. And then last year with the Blue Jays, he was slightly better, but not great. And then now this year, he's just destroying everything. Like, his, everything is, he, he's striking out way less. He's, his contact rate is a, a career high. His barrel rate is a career high. His exit velocity, his average exit velocity right now is 96.6, Raymond. 96.6 average exit velocity. That's insane. Did he go to driveline? <laughs> that's like the thing, right? Did he go to driveline this offseason? Um, so, two things. One, he could just be hot. Like, we're still at that point in the in the – the year where like a really hot start can just inflate those numbers. And also he's two and a half years removed from that hip surgery. So I think that might be, you know, like how athletes talk about the difference between being healthy and a hundred percent. Like that could be, he's just finally feeling good. Yeah. True. Arizona diamondbacks. Corbin Carroll is hitting third in the lineup now. And Christian Walker is actually playing well now. I think maybe part of it just had to do with him getting some lineup protection. But now that Corbin Carroll has moved in front of him in the lineup, Christian Walker is starting to heat up a little bit. Obviously, Mad Bum was DFA'd. And then, just like you joked, right when he got DFA'd, you're like, watch them call up Tommy Henry now and piss everybody off. And then that's exactly what they did. (laughs) (laughs) So, touch on that for a minute. Um. I was joking, but yeah, that was just hilarious because everyone, I literally, dude, the entire fantasy baseball community was like, oh, oh, it's Brandon Fott time. It's Brandon Fott time. Nope. It will be next time through the rotation, I think. Do you want to play a game? Yeah. Would you drop Jay Jameson for Fott? Yes. Oh, fuck. Why would you say that? Would you drop uh, Lance Lynn or Mason Miller? No, no. This is not no, Dynasty. No. Just straight up 
head-to-head categories? No and no. Even though I think Fott is going to be – if Fott and Miller were both in the majors, I would spend more money, more fab dollars on Fott than Miller. But I wouldn't drop Miller for Fott because I feel like that's just too risky. I don't know. It's like one of those things where it's like they're so close. Yeah. I think Chris Towers talks about that all the time where he's just like – there's like a point of like diminishing returns. Yeah. At like some, you know, where it's like, okay. <laughs> well, the thing for the difference between Miller and Fott is that Fott actually has a chance at getting a win and going seven innings like he just did in his most recent AAA start. Like Miller yeah. has thrown like 40 professional innings in his entire life. Yeah. I mean, a part of that too is he was just drafted, not too, re- like, he was drafted yeah. at 21, I think. So it's not like he his he's not a high school kid, you know, he was drafted out of college. So right. uh Atlanta Braves. Kyle Wright is back in the rotation. I think he had a pretty good start today, actually. Uh I was kind of trolling Twitter a little bit before we got started here, and I think he had a pretty solid start. And then this lineup, I don't know, man. With with some of these guys gone, with Harris and Darno gone, it looks a little weak. Like Eddie Rosario, Sam Hilliard, and Kevin P- Pillar starting. It's like, what? Like, what is going on here? The year they won the World Series, was that the COVID year? They completely remade that outfield at the trade deadline. Like, their starting outfield when they won the World Series was not on their team before the, the deadline. Yeah. So that was my point see... in the article. I think they're going to do that at the deadline. They're just gonna... I can see them doing that again. Yeah. Cody Maybe Bellinger, we'll the come on down. <laughs> no, it'll be Co- watch. They're going to trade for the Cubs for Cody Bellinger. Because Bellinger is, we promised Gabe that we would talk about Cody Bellinger. So here it is, especially because the Cubs are next on the list. Uh, Cody Bellinger is actually having a pretty solid season right now. So maybe Bellinger uh, joins the Braves because he only signed a one year deal with the Cubs. So they might as well trade him, right? Yeah, uh, dude, I could see them like falling in love with him and extending him though. That just seems like a cub. Yeah, he, like, and then it'll be Marcelo Zuna all over again. That's exactly or, what they do with Ozuna, dude. They traded for Ozuna. Yeah, they traded for Ozuna, fell in love with him, signed him for five years, and then got stuck with him. <laughs> um, I have to go put my son to bed. I'll be right back though. So I'll just do all the right. next one. I'll talk me. about the rest of the teams. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Chicago Cubs. So. The Cubbies, it'll be interesting to see who gets called up into the rotation after Jameson Tyone goes or is going down. He got hurt. So sad. Matt Mervis and Brandon Brandon Davis, I think, will get shots this season at some point. Fulmer and Boxbury each have one save. Cincinnati Reds. Spencer Steer is hitting third. And it's well deserved because he almost has a 300, 400, 500 slash line. He did the other day. Right before we started recording. Uh, but Spencer Steer looks like the real deal. I was kind of concerned about that based on last season. I was like, okay, he might be like a platoon type player. Like maybe he'll be Ryan McMahon or something like that. But he might be a better version of Ryan McMahon, especially because uh, Great American Small Park might be a better overall hitters park actually than Colorado. Speaking of which, Colorado Rockies have replaced Elahiros Montero in their lineup with Alan Trejo. You, I know, right? Fantasy. So Montero was hitting, which we like for fantasy, but apparently his defense was too poo-poo, so they moved McMahon to third. Montero's a bench bat now, and Trejo is going to be playing second. 
So peeps like me who have a share or more of Montero need to move on and find something better to go to. LA Dodges. I have a feeling this is the week of Gavin Stone because Michael Grove got hurt. He wasn't good. And there's a very good chance Gavin Stone comes up because Bobby Miller is also hurt. And I don't know who else they have. If it ain't Pepio because he's hurt. If it ain't Gonsolin because he's hurt. If it ain't Groves because he hurt. And if it ain't Bobby Miller because he hurt, they don't got no chance. It's got to be Gavin Stone, even though Gavin Stone is not playing very well right now. And also, Raymond, I think it might be the first time. Like, it might be actually Michael Bush time. After like five years of Michael Bush being a top prospect for the Dodgers, it might actually be time for him to come up in the near future. So, <laughs> Where's he going to play? Uh, any like super util. They just, I think they could use him with Mookie Betts is playing shortstop now. Like, well, they Chris could use Taylor him. was banged up. He's, yeah, he played short today though. Yeah, yeah. I, but I know that, I know that, but still, Betts is playing second. Betts is playing short. I think they could use another hand in the infield at this point. And Michael Bush plays second, short, third. That'd be the perfect guy. You just put him in as like a super util guy. They need him. Lux is gone for the year. And I don't know. I think it might be Michael Bush time finally. I'd like to see it, dude. I, I've been pretty high on him for a while. but Yeah, he's like 26 now. Bring the kid up already. <laughs> he's going to James – watch. He's going to just be James Altman and do the same thing James Altman is doing. They wait just on these a, guys so long. Just be a 28-year-old rookie. <laughs> yeah, these guys are never – I feel so bad for guys like that because they're – like Michael Bush, if he was with any organization, he would have been called up like three years ago. So this guy's lost like three years of service time just because he was unfortunately drafted by the Los Angeles Dodgers. But, dude, like, at if you're, the same time, <laughs> it's, like, it's like being a quarterback and getting drafted behind like a starter and having to wait one or two years, like – it's a blessing and a curse. Like, yeah, you have to be patient, but like, I would want to play for the Dodgers. Yeah. But then now those guys are never going to make money. It's like Whit Merrifield. Like, Whit Merrifield was, uh, didn't, didn't get a free agent contract until he's like 32. And they gave yeah. him like a four year, $16 million deal. They're like, this is the best you're going to get, buddy. Four million a year. Thank you for your service. Like, <laughs> you know, just, that's right. nice. <laughs> Uh, Miami Marlins, Trevor Rogers out with forearm issues. Um, I don't know what they're going to do because they have had a lot of injuries in this rotation already. I'm guessing it's going to be Daniel Castano who comes up for him. I can't imagine they call up Yuri Perez at this point. What say you, Raven? They've been, I feel like they've been semi-aggressive with their prospects. So I wouldn't be shocked if it was Yuri Perez, but you're probably right. Castano was not bad when he was up. He has a track yeah. record. So, and he's a former Cardinal. So you might as well milk all those guys. You got him. Milwaukee Brewers. Garrett Mitchell, probably out for the season with a shoulder injury. So, is it that serious? Yeah. That, that is the word on the street. He's probably out for the season. And My- guess what? Sal Frelick also went on the IL at the same time, the minor league IL. So they can't even call Sal Frelick up which means Joey Weimer, who has not been playing well, is just going to get stuck with the job for another couple of weeks, and they have no real other choice. I think Selfelic had like a thumb thing, right? So maybe that can go quickly. But, dude, my FAI team is in shambles. Yeah, Felix on the seven-day IL. So it may not be a long-term thing. But, yeah, Garrett Mitchell out for the season is the word on the street. 
Shoulder subrogation. New York Mets. Yeah, boy. Francisco Alvarez is not playing. I don't get it. You don't get it. Why do you promote this guy and not let him play? If you just wanted a backup, they might as well have called up someone else than him. Uh, so I don't get it. Scherzer suspended 10 games. So that sucks if you own Scherzer. All he had was Rosin, apparently. I believe him. I don't think Scherzer's dumb enough to try to cheat when he's like 40 and he's already been paid. There's like no point. Like, why would he like try to tar- you know, like potentially tarnish his reputation at this point when he's got a Hall of Fame case? So, I mean, it's not even a Hall of Fame case. He's a Hall of Fame lock, in my opinion. So why would he do that? But that's why I think it's just rousing. I believe Scherzer. I don't know, dude. What do you think about the Scherzer thing? What do you think about Alvarez? What do you think about Beatty and him being in a platoon? Like, thoughts on the Mets? Yeah, dude, the Alvarez thing is super frustrating. I agree completely. Like, if you're going to call him up, why aren't you going to play him? Like, DH him, do whatever you got to do. Like, throw him out in right field or something. Kid's athletic. But, no, Beatty being in a platoon, I don't get that at all. Especially since, like, dude, he's hit lefties his entire career. Like, I think it's just a – I don't want to say it's, like, the default or, like, the easy thing to do. But it seems like most teams want to do it. And then Scherzer, yeah, I completely agree. He, uh, he's been a Hall of Fame pitcher for the last decade without sticky stuff. And like I said, I texted you guys. He was one of the most vocal people about not using sticky stuff when they were passing those rules. So I believe him too. I thought it was interesting that he, uh, he t- didn't appeal his suspension. I thought that was kind of curious. But also, the, the you've seen that the umpire that suspended him is the only one to ever, uh, or not suspend him, to toss him, is the only one to ever toss anyone for sticky stuff? Yeah, it's the same guy over and over. Same Cousy, guy from, or whatever yeah, his name is? Yeah, yeah, it's the same guy, I think, from uh, Herman, the same guy from Madbone, right? Yeah. Like, feeling his fingers or whatever. Uh, Philadelphia Phillies. Dude, I have no shares of Bryce Harper, and I'm so sad. I want I, I want Bryce Harper right now. Like, you can't even trade. There's no way anyone will trade Bryce Harper right now. He's going to be back in two weeks. As a starting first baseman with no minor league reps, like I love Bryce Harper, and I, it just sucks. I have no Bryce Harper shares. <laughs> it's it's arguable that his value will never be higher than it is like right now. Yeah. Or the day, but no, it will be the day the day that he, he's going to come back, like before yeah. he before he sets foot on a field. That'll be the highest his value will be. Um, Phillies. Some guy named Christopher Sanchez is going to pitch for them in the rotation. I looked him up, and he's been balling a bit in AAA, so he might be a thing. Even though he's like 26. So, I don't know. Christopher Sanchez might be, if you need a super, super deep league starting pitcher flyer, Christopher Sanchez. Pittsburgh Pirates. This team is looking good, man. Pirates, base fun. He's back down the order a little bit. Jack Sawinski is hitting the balls like, his average EV is like 95 miles an hour. Uh, I love some Jackson Wincy. We'll talk about him a little more later. Connor Joe is balling out. That's Frank, Frank's guy, Connor Joe. Uh, Pirates, are, Pirates are an interesting team. Dude, it's so funny that they're this interesting and they're, that offense has been this good so far. Um, it's all the touch, NL, dude. It's all the touch NL- swag. I swear to God, it's all the touch swag. My NL only team, dude, is literally like 
uh, I have Bay, I have um, Connor Joe. Uh, yeah, dude. I have whoever else just G Man Choi just got hurt from them. Like, I love every second of it. Yeah. Padres, Tatis is back. He's leading off. He had a home run today. Uh, bad news is it bumped our boy Trent Grisham all the way down in the order to number eight, which I don't understand because he's balling. And there's much worse hitters. Like, are you really going to bet Nelson Cruz and Matt Carpenter had a Trent Grisham? But, hey, uh, that's what they're doing right now, I guess. Do you know who's batting nine? Mm, no, not off the top of my head. But I know Kim and Nelson Cruz are apparently ahead of him right now. Hmm. Ha-Seong Kim. I'm going to look this up. Joe Musgrove, by the way, is starting tomorrow. So, Oh, sweet. It's booting Ryan Weathers from the rotation. Austin Nola. Austin Nola, yeah. That makes sense. Uh, even though Camposano should probably be getting a shot at this point. Yeah. San Francisco Giants. So much for David VR. We were talking about last week, but he is now on the bench because he basically had a very, very terrible week. Joey Bart is back in the lineup. This lineup changes all the time because Gabe Kapler is the manager, so everything is fluid. Hanager should be back soon. I think Hanager will be kind of like the rock in the lineup when he comes back, probably hitting third. Uh, Ross Stripling is back in the rotation now with the Alex Wood injury, and he's starting tomorrow. Any thoughts on the Giants? I've said it before, but, like, the fact that they they literally have two starting lineups sometimes. Like, guys will get two at-bats, the starter comes out, and another guy comes in. It's crazy to watch how they manage their roster. Um, guess who spent $51 on uh, – on Alex Wood for him to be on my TGFBI team for like two days. Oh, it's, <laughs> that's like me. That's exactly like me with Edward, Edward, Edo, Julian. Same, same thing. Sucks. Uh, St. Louis Cardinals. I went on Twitter and was like, why is Lars Newbar not leading off? It's so stupid that the best team in the entire world, literally Team Japan, is leading off Lars Newbar, but then the Cardinals are batting him seven. It's like, what the hell is this? Are, are, do the Cardinals really think they're better than Team Japan? You know, like the, the best team in the world would be Team USA that had Mike Trout and half the Cardinals on it and a bunch of other amazing players? No, come on. Stupid Cardinals. Well, Lars Newbar started off, uh, lead, let off today. He is one for two right now. So hopefully that starts a thing. Got anything on that? No, I was just going to say, like, apparently he saw that and listened to you. I hope so. I hope they listen to me. Uh, if, they, if, they, if you're listening, Cardinals, get rid of Jake Woodford. Promote Matthew Lee Retour. Like, now, come on, do it. <laughs> uh, Washington Nationals. Uh, so much for C.J. Abrams and his spring tra- awesome spring training. I told you I went to, like, three games with the Nationals playing, and C.J. Abrams was, like, four for five in every single game. He was just lighting up the field with hits and now he's hitting ninth and yeah. <laughs> got Alex call leading off and Kiebert Ruiz hitting second. So stone Garrett looks like he's playing a lot now too. So I don't know. National scored like 10 runs the other day somehow with this lineup, but who, you know, every, every, squirrel, every blind squirrel finds a nut or something like that. Isn't that what, it, what the saying is? I think CJ Abrams went yard today. Funny enough. Oh, good. 
Good, CJ. Let's go, bro. You're my guy. You're my spring training guy. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah, All right, one Raymond. for five with a three-run home run. Excellent. Let's get into your injury notes. Yeah, so Travis Darnot is apparently hitting in a cage and has resumed some baseball activities as he works his way back from that concussion. Um, seems to me that he could be back as early as next week at some point. And you and I are very interested to see how playing time shakes out when he comes back between him and Sean Murphy, who hit another home run today, who is playing really well. I can't foresee them taking Murphy out of the lineup. It's got to be Ozuna. They should. Just, they just need to do the Royals thing and then split DH and catcher. That's what needs to happen. Yeah, but has Ozuna been DHing or has he actually been playing left field? Because if that's the case, I guess it doesn't matter. He was DHing primarily. Okay, yeah. That's got to change. Um, but like you said, follow the money. Harrison Bader, mm-hmm. like you mentioned, is off to a rehab assignment at AA Somerset. Uh, he'll need at least a week in the minors to get his timing down and see he's been shut down for a while. Keep an eye out for a potential week five return. I wouldn't be surprised if they try and keep him down there for a while just to like prove that he's healthy. I don't know. You, you and on Bader, I have him stashed in a couple super deep leagues. He's solid. I mean, like, I don't know. Super deep leagues, I'm in on him, but like 12 teamers, not at all. I wouldn't even think about him. 15 team leaguers, yeah. 15 team, five outfielder leagues, yes. Five outfielder leagues, you have to be in on any in outfielder this, who's getting PT. Yeah, and this most recent thing was like just like an oblique or something, right? It wasn't like a lower body injury, like the what held him out last year. Yeah, he's had like shoulder issues in the past, I think, too. He just um, can't stay on the field. He's a perfect, no. he's literally a perfect Yankee. He plays with reckless abandon, though. Like, yeah. I, like I, when I was a Cardinals fan, just like watching his defense, I loved watching him play because he made so many ridiculous defensive plays. It was so much fun yeah. watching him. But like he's he cannot hit righties. He can destroy lefties, but he cannot hit righties. Dude, I mean, if he stays healthy, you think with these new rules, he could be he could steal forty bases, right? Even with how much time is left. Yeah, he's fast as hell for sure. Yeah. All right, another Yankee, Carlos Rodon. Good news is his elbow is fine. The bad news is that he's being shut down with a nagging back issue. And Rodon, he will not throw for a few days. And chronic back back issues pretty much always make me nervous. Thank you, Clayton Kershaw. But <laughs> hopefully this is just a bump. And he'll make a start this week and maybe be back up next week. Late next week, I guess, would be that timeline. But he's probably still a couple weeks out, I would guess. well spent. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Jameson Tyone went on the aisle with a groin, and apparently he's going to be out a while. There's no timetable I've seen. I would speculate the token four to six weeks timeline. Yeah. Andres Munoz, uh, he's going to AAA, throw some live BP, and then we'll begin a rehab assignment. That's our boy. Let's go. (laughs) <laughs> Those two things are not happening at the same time. He's going to throw live BP and then start his rehab assignment. So he could be back in Seattle in a couple of weeks, I guess, I would guess. Ah, it got to be less than that, though. It's, he's a reliever. How long do most reliever rehab assignments last? It, like two it, appearances? It depends on how long they make him throw BP for. But, yeah, I guess a couple of – I would say it's, by the end of next week. 
Yeah, it's, it's all going to depend on when, do the, when does the team come back home, right? Yeah. Like, you're not going to make them travel across the country. So it'll be like, okay, when is the team coming back to Seattle? Then they bring it back. And then I'm sure you guys talked about Jeffrey Springs and Chris Bubich getting TJ on the pot I miss. Springs, yes. Bubich, you know, we knew he was hurt, but TJ was not announced yet. Yeah, that sucks. He had some real breakout potential there and then had a bad start, and then boom, he's hurt. Yeah. And then we talked about Liam Hendricks already. He's the last one on my list. The boo-boo list. All right. Let's get into my top seven. It's supposed to be five, but I give you two bonus guys this week. Top five, top seven, waiver ads in 12-team leagues. Numero uno is Brian Bayo. I left him on the list from last week because his first start on Monday, he did not get a fair shake. The game was rain-delayed by an hour so he got, and this is his first start of the year. And he's, he's coming up, he's getting ready, rain delay for an hour, gets in there. He struck a bunch of dudes out, but he did get rocked. And it was also apparently, I didn't watch the game, but I read that it was still like misting at the time of the game. So there's like water coming down everywhere, uh, which makes it harder to grip the ball, obviously, for a pitcher. And then two innings later, there was another big rain delay, and then he didn't come back out. So I'm not going to like overreact to two innings, but I would still be adding Brian Bayo. Number two, Mason Miller. We talked a lot about Miller already. Dude throws 100. Dude's got two really, really good pitches that grayed out as 90th percentile pitches. His fastball and cutter both grayed out against other MLB fastballs and cutters as 90th percentile pitches. So it's very rare for a pitcher to have two. Now, if you have three, you're going to be a superstar. He only has two. The slider's average. But maybe he can get that slider working better. Dude's still only like 24, and he's only made one start. So we can see what he can do. The other thing with Mason Miller is the first pitch strike rate for a fastball thrower was only 50%. For someone painting corners with fastballs and cutters, you would like to have more than a 50% first strike percentage, I would think. Right, Raymond? Yeah, yeah. Some of the, he was getting kind of like nitpicked by the home plate umpire. That happens to rookies, though. I feel like that, like yeah. if it's a rookie pitcher or a rookie catcher, that happens. I think he's got top thirty starter upside, though. It's if if he can reach his like pinnacle, I don't think he's gonna be a top ten guy ever. But I think he would be like a top thirty type. You don't starter. think he could be top thirty this year, right? He's not gonna go deep enough. He's not gonna get enough wins. The case mm. K upside is a little limited, I think, right now too. He could be. I mean, this year, last time this year, Spencer Strider was still pitching relief. No one would have guessed he would have been a top twenty or ten starter. So That's I mean, true. the potential is there because just like Strider, Mason Miller is a two pitch guy. Like I mean, he's got three pitches, but it's two elite pitches. There's so. just such a difference in workload still, though. I just don't think. I mean, if he makes 22 starts of five innings, like five innings or less even, that's tough. You have to, you'll have to go back and listen to our pod, but I compared it to with Gabe to Shane McClanahan's rookie year where McClanahan was pitching like four and five innings the first half of the season. And then after the All-Star game, they just let him go like six, seven innings after that. I don't know. We might see something like that. That's my thoughts on it. Obviously, yeah. he doesn't have the repertoire of McClanahan. He doesn't have the upside to McClanahan, but he'd be really good still. 
Number three, Andrew McCutcheon, our boy. You and I, I have him. been on McCutcheon this whole offseason. Like, ever since he signed with the Pirates, you and I have been all over this guy. And he's just balling out right now. Like, he could easily go 2010 this year. And he could easily keep playing for a few more years if he keeps playing this way. I really think him going to the Pirates has, like, rejuvenated him. And in turn, he has rejuvenated the entire Pirates organization into being, like, a fun team. Like, they're just dead. I feel, I feel like the second they traded Andrew McClanahan, that franchise just went, Meh. And then right when they bring him back, they're like, oh, yeah, we're back. Like, he is that franchise. You know what I mean? Like, this is the yeah. guy who needs to, like, have an ownership stake in the franchise once he retires because he's, like, so important for that, for that team, I think. Like, you know? the Steelers uh, moving on from Big Ben. It just doesn't seem natural. Yeah. But, yeah. Dude, I watched, a, I watched a Pirates game the other day, and the announcers were talking about how cool it is to see all the, like, McCutcheon jerseys come back into rotation. Like everyone yeah. but dusted it off in the closet and brought it back. Yeah, it's like pools last year. Except yeah. except McCutcheon's way younger. Like he could do this for a few more years. Literally yeah. th- that's what it's like. It's like pools, except he could do it for a couple of years instead of just one year. Yeah. So uh number four on my list is Brady Singer. I've noticed Brady Singer's getting dropped in leagues. He shouldn't be. He is, looks good still. All his metrics under the hood are really good. Gabe and I talked about it on the last podcast that he has like a 45% fly ball to home run rate or something like that. It's like, what? <laughs> uh, that is not possible. That it will not continue. No one can have it. No one can pitch with a 45% fly ball to home run rate. So that that's, will decrease. Yeah, that's going to come down. <laughs> yes. Brady Especially will in be Kaufman. Fun. Especially in Kaufman. Yeah. Like literally all his stats are pretty much the same as last year except for the home run to nine and home run to fly ball rate. So I think Singer's going to be fine. Just don't drop him. Hold on. He's fine. Chill. <laughs> Small sample size, right? Right. Number five, Trent Grisham. Just talked about him. I don't care if he's hitting eighth. He's going to work his way back up. He's balling right now. He's hitting for a higher average. His average EV is 94. Uh, dude can go 25-15. He's got the skills. Like... Just he should be owned in more links. If you, if you're in any five outfielder league, Trent Grisham should be owned. Even in twelve team leagues, Grisham should be like a util guy or something. He should not be on the waiver wires in any twelve team plus leagues. Ten team links, I guess, but twelve team plus, I think Grisham should be owned. What do you think, Brandon? Yeah the the bump down in the lineup kind of sucks, but yeah, dude, that offense, he's good enough to. Like you, like you said, twenty-five, fifteen guy. Yeah, he's definitely good enough to, and he plays outfield. Like, let's not forget that every every outfielder with the pulse needs to be owned. Mm-hmm. Number six, starting pitcher Garrett Whitlock with the Red Sox. So Garrett Whitlock right now has a career high CSW, even though he was a reliever for the most of his career before this, and. Usually, it's the opposite. When relievers go into the starting role, their stats go down. Whitlock is pitching better this year as a starter. Uh, he, this is another case of small sample size, and his home run to nine rate is just ridiculous. But I think Garrett Whitlock is a starter that should be owned in every 12-team-plus league. And last on the list is your boy, Dre Jameson. Even though I said I would drop him for Brandon Fott, I still love Dre. The slider is such an elite pitch. His slider has 
over a 40 CSW on the season. Over 40%. That might be one of the best pitches in baseball. Uh, the problem with Jerry Jameson is throwing first pitch strikes. He nibbles too much. His first pitch strike percentage was under 50%. If he can work that up and then just pitch to play off of the slider and throw the slider more, like what the Welsh was telling us and what the Welsh was saying on Twitter and all that, then he could be a very, very good pitcher. Dude, I, uh, I have a very specific and very long joke to tell you after this, but yes, just throw the slider, Dre, please. <laughs> All right, let's get your guys. Yeah, so Brandon Fott, I think we kind of talked about that as much as we need to. Um, I think I might drop Dre Jameson for him in this league because I have a roster move to use before rosters lock tomorrow. Um, and then I've, I tried to, I really wanted to not put guys on here that you had on here. So you'll notice I went uh, like off the beaten path with these guys, but yeah, I have Jonah Heim on here who I had no idea how hot this guy is. Um, he just hit his fourth home run. I think he's hitting three twelve. his 14 RBIs and he's locked into an everyday playing time until Mitch Garver comes back which is apparently not going to be for a while. And mm-hmm. we saw him break out like this last year, but then he just – it's like he hit the rookie wall, but he wasn't really a rookie. He just – I don't know. He just set his – it's like he hadn't played that much before and just everything came crashing down. But if that's what he's going to do this year, I mean, we don't know that he will, but you can at least ride it till the All-Star break. Um. And then Eric Lauer, he's boring, but he's been pretty good in three out of his four chances. And guess who he gets to throw against this week? Detroit Tigers and their terrible, terrible offense. And <laughs> Take <laughs> and that matchup. And I put this note in here just because it drives me insane. For what it's worth, the Tigers have struggled against crafty lefties for what seems like my entire life. So, um, And then Jose Alvarado, we were talking about closers earlier. If you're desperate for saves... He seems like the only option in Philly. Uh, we mentioned Craig Grumble has been really bad. He had one save back in like the first week of April, but Alvarado has three since then. Um, like I said earlier, just watch out for them trading for someone and him not being the closer down the stretch. But we can worry about that later. And then Yasmani is my catcher in a couple 12-team leagues. He had a home run today. Um if you need a catcher, he's a pretty decent one. His his average is back up after he hit like 180 last year. He had a good WBC, and he's really good in points leagues with how much he walks. And he's also first base eligible in some leagues, which, you know, might be helpful, but probably not. Every year of his career was really good except for last year. Yeah, it seems like it was something. Oh, TLR, that's what it was. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Makes perfect sense. Okay, 15-team leagues. Here are my ads for 15-team leagues. Numero uno, Spencer Steer. I already talked a little bit about him above when we were talking about the Reds. Triple slash, though, is 304, 403, 482. And he's only owned in like 33% of CBS leagues. That doesn't make any sense. Someone uh, with that kind the- of triple slash needs to be owned. With that position eligibility and that triple slash, should be owned in way more leagues. 
I know the answer to your question. It's because most CBS leagues are points leagues and they have super shallow lineups. Yeah, but still points, 403 OBP. And he hits first, he can play first, second, and third, and he's hitting third for the Reds. And he was hurt Number, for a bit. <laughs> yeah. Number two, Jose Quijado with the Angels. I mentioned already before, he's got four saves now. He's the closer for the Angels. Why is he owned in less than 50% of leagues? Makes no sense. Number three, Braxton Garrett with the Marlins. Braxton Garrett right now has a 30.4% CSW. Yes, I know he only throws like 90 miles an hour. I don't care. He has a 30.4% CSW. His K minus walk rate is 18.3%, and he has a 338 Sierra. If he has really good secondaries, who cares about the fastball? It's the same thing as he's like a worse version of Bieber, like a way, way worse version of Shane Bieber. Where everyone's like, oh, the velocity's down. The velocity's down. Bieber sucks now. It's like, no, it doesn't matter. Like, yeah, his, all his secondaries are awesome. Like, who cares? Uh, Braxton Garrett has a 419 Babbitt right now, and he still has those metrics. Good. Braxton Garrett's good. Uh, number four, and also, by the way, Trevor Rogers just got hurt, so Braxton Garrett is going to be locked into that rotation. You have no worries. Number four, Jihuan Bay. We've talked about Bay too much on this podcast. We love him. He's Tommy Edmund Jr. for the Pirates. Just go get him. Uh, number five, Giovanni Gallegos. We've talked about Gallegos too a lot, that he's going to steal a third of the saves from the uh, Helsley. The problem is the Cardinals have been losing a lot. And when they win, they're winning like fifteen to three. So it's like it's just like really dumb. They'll they, they lose every game like four to two or whatever, or they win like fifteen to three, fifteen to two, fifteen to three. Like the Cardinals right now have the second best offense in baseball and OPS and OBP, but they're losing. They have a losing record. It just makes zero sense at all. Uh, but they'll figure it out once they stop being stupid and hitting Lars Newbar like eighth in the lineup and they get their lineup right. Uh, guy goes will get saves because right now his CSW is 43.8%. His K minus walk is 50%. Uh, I know it's a small <laughs> sample size, but like, it's just ridiculous. <laughs> 50% K minus walk rate. I don't care. Um, number six. I love this guy, Jack Sawinski. I own him in like every league right now. Uh, his average EV is 95 miles per hour. He hits the ball. So effing hard. Bail rate, 24.1%. And on top of it, if you don't like his batting average, guess what? His BABIP is 208. 208 is the BABIP. He's going to get better, peoples. He will get better. Number seven, Shailen Gleers, talking about catcher replacements for Logan Ohapi. Shailen Gleers is a guy that you can replace Ohapi with if Grandall is already gone, if Jonah Heim is already gone, then Shailen Gleers might be your next guy available. Uh, he's hitting for power. He might only hit like 250, but a 250 catcher who can hit 20 home runs is usable as a replacement option if you have injured catchers. And last, but probably still least, is third baseman Jake Berger, who's we've already talked about, more like a DH. But, dude, his max EV, Raymond, is 118 on the year. The only other guys who can hit a 118 max EV are like Fernando Tatis and Aaron Judge. Like no one else can Stanton. even do that. Yeah, Stan. Yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. There's only a few, very few players can do that. So pretty interesting stuff there. Tell us about your drops. Yeah, the TJ guys you mentioned, Craig Kimbrell. I always say Kimbrell. I always say his name wrong. Wrong. 
Carlos Carrasco is a carryover from last year. Corey Kluber, I think he's washed. They were showing the splits. I watched that game because I'm invested heavily in Kluber in the deepest league we're in, and you keep telling me that someone will – he deserves to be rostered and someone will trade him for me, but I don't think that's going to happen. So just he's just going to rob him. Every starter, anytime it's yeah. announced, a starter yeah. is going to make a start to get picked up right away. Yep. Yep. So he's going to rot on my bench. But no, I think his problem is he's he's throwing softer as he's gotten older. And so like the gap between his off-speed stuff and his fastball is only like eight miles an hour now. And so everything is about the same. So he's not throwing the timing off of hitters at all. And they're just locked into everything. He just needs to talk to Rich Hill. If he just yeah. says, hey, Rich, what are you doing over there? Tell me how to be successful by throwing all breaking dishes. No, he needs, to, <laughs> he needs to call Zach Grinky is what he needs to do. Yeah, teach me the ethos. <laughs> Adam Duvall, Tyler Anderson has been absolutely atrocious. He was supposed to have a start today. I don't know how it went, but I, um, I noticed, dude, he's like – they have a six-man rotation, right? But it's even worse. Like, he's throwing, like, every seventh day. So that can't be – I mean, he's been so bad, I don't blame anyone. But that can't be good for um, getting yeah. into a groove. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, he's been, like, really, really bad. And then Danny Jansen, the – Blue Jays have – I don't think he's going to get cut or anything, but if they wanted to move on, they could pretty easily with Varsho and Kirk. But they won't terrible. He's they like – he, They, they could have traded him this offseason. They didn't trade him. so He's in like an 0 for 38 slump at the moment. Oh, an Alex Bregman slump. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right. Let's get to the top 10 redraft prospects who have not been promoted yet. Number one is Brandon Fott. He's coming up next week, peoples. Like, if he doesn't, I would be majorly surprised. His stats this season, 20 and a third innings pitch, 25.3% came on his walk rate, 354 ERA, 103 whip. Number two is Gavin Stone. Like I said when I was talking about the Dodgers, there is nobody else. Even though he's been very bad this year, he was amazing last year. 15 innings pitch this year, 6% came on his walk rate. Yes, very bad. 7.2 ERA, yes, very bad. 147 whip, yes, very bad. But he was phenomenal last year, and literally there is nobody else. Gavin Stone, I think, may be up this week unless they can find some way to skip a start. Then it'll be the following week, I think. Number three, and before we just started podcasting, I just found out that Andy Rodriguez might be hurt. So there's a potential that he could be hurt, but it's Andy Rodriguez, catcher for the Pirates. Uh, hopefully he's not hurt. But he just had a hell of a week, boosting his average like 100 points. But he's hitting 263, 333, 456 right now, three homers. Uh, this dude hit like between 300 to 450 at every level last year. Uh, ridiculous uh, player right here. Hopefully he's not hurt. Hopefully we see him soon. Number four, starting pitcher, Matthew Libertor with the Cardinals. A lot of people think Libertor is going to come up and take Jake Woodford's next start. He should. He won't because the Cardinals are stupid. They're just going to keep playing Woodford until Adam Wainwright comes back. And they're going to have Adam Wainwright come out there and throw 85-mile-per-hour meatballs uh, because he's going to sell tickets. So that's what's going to happen. Sucks, but that's what's going to happen. 
But anyway, I think someone will get hurt. Libertor will be up in early May. Probably Mats will get hurt, unfortunately, because he's always hurt. But I bet that happens. Number five. This is a guy that I've been picking up in every league. Raymond's probably seen me picking him up in every league because I have a lot of leagues with Raymond. But Matt McLean with the Reds. Uh, second baseman, shortstop, outfielder. This dude is lighting up AAA right now. He's hitting 276, 417, 603 with five homers and six steals. You might remember, Raymond, that we talked about Matt McLean this spring because he was leading spring training in runs. And I kept saying, oh, yeah. that means something. That means something. Because if he's leading in runs, that means that they're playing him near the top of the lineup and they're getting him a lot of PT. So I think he comes up very soon. I think he comes up this week. Uh, literally, he's <laughs> blocked right now by Jose Barrero and Nick Senzel. Are they really going to block anyone? I don't think so. I think McLean comes up and could play center field. He could play short. He could play second base. Uh, I love guys with position eligibility like that. But um, I don't know. I think he reminds me, like my comp for him I wrote here, is a young, a younger Will Myers meets a much worse version of Trey Turner. Because he's short, he's fast. Kind of reminds me of Trey Turner, but I think his stats are going to look like Will Myers, uh, like a young Will Myers when he was like actually solid. But not amazing, but good with the Padres. If that makes sense. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Number six, Bo Naylor. Um, Bo Naylor, love this dude. 246, 405, 492. The only problem is Zunino is playing out of his mind right now. This is like Zunino's best average season ever. Zunino's hitting like 290. It's like, what? Zunino's supposed to hit like 200. What is going on here? Uh, but I think eventually Bo Naylor will come up. He has really good tools. Could be a JT Real Muto-like player. Early May, I think, for Bo Naylor. Number seven, Luis Ortiz. Triple-A stats right now, 17 in the third innings pitched, 15.9 came on his walk, 208 ERA, 105 whip. Uh, I think he's up in early May. It just depends on if someone gets hurt, if the Pirates want to go six-man. Ortiz is really good. He should be up. He was already up last year. I don't know... Um, how long they have to keep him down to get another year of service time from him since he was up last year. So that might play into this because for most players it's 16 games, but Luis Ortiz was up and made a couple starts last year. So that may prolong that to like 30 games or something like that. So we may see him in early May. That's my prediction for Luis Ortiz. Makes sense. I guess it's all about the money. Number eight, Tanner Bybee. I was really thinking he was going to come up instead of Logan Allen. I was wrong. So Tanner Bybee gets pegged down one in the order of Guardians starting pitchers uh, because they're trying to save some money, I guess. So I don't know. Tanner Bybee, price still up sometime in late May, I would say. They've been promoting everybody this year, so why not just keep moving them all up? Number nine, Curtis Mead. I think he's up in late May. We Raymond and I talked about this already between Mead and Manzardo. The race hitters are playing too well. I think It'll take some struggles from someone for one of these guys to be coming up. Me did a homer today. So uh, on the season, 238, 319, 381, homer, two homers now and one steal. So he was struggling a bit, but uh, he had a good spring. They were talking contract negotiations with him for an extension and maybe him not getting that deal done has messed with his mindset a little bit and him having to be in AAA again has a mess with his mindset. I don't know. It's possible, though. Number 10, I've got Jordan Westberg. Second base, shortstop, third base for the Orioles. I think he 
has to come up at some point because we already talked about it. Adam Frazier sucks. Uh, who else with the Orioles? There's someone else that sucks. Ramon Arias, not good. Why? 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 Um, so if you want to read about honorable mentions and more about the stats from last year and comps and stuff like that for these guys, you can check that out on the article. Raymond, you got anything on these guys I just mentioned? No, I'm kind of upset. Uh, Andy is hurt. He's my, uh, he's my backup catcher in FAI. I was kind of hoping he would make an appearance at some point this year. He still will. Um, I think it's a, I think it's a minor it's a minor boo boo. I don't think it's anything big, but it may hamper him coming up sooner rather than later. Yeah, Fott's the easy one. That's easy, and then I think you might have Westberg too high, just because, like we mentioned, they have so many infielders. But maybe that changes after the deadline. Yeah, I just think he's the first one up. I mean, it could be also Joey Ortiz, but. Offensively, Joey Ortiz is more like a defensive player than an offensive player. So I think offensively, Westberg is going to have more to offer from a fantasy perspective than Joey Ortiz. Yeah, I guess it just depends on what position that team is in when they have to make that decision. Yep. And by the way, talking about the Angels and their six man rotation, Chase Silseth is still waiting in the wings. And he was really bad last year, but he's actually not that bad. So if you're listening to this podcast, there could be some hidden value in Chase Silseth. So I actually turned on need a pitcher. I turned on the Angels game because this is still going on to see how Anderson pitched. And when I turned it on, he had only given up three in runs, but he left with the bases loaded. And so uh, he gave up five earned on a pretty bad error by Gio Urshela. But yeah, his ERA is 7.2 in the start. So still bad. <laughs> Still bad. See ya. All right. Raymond, why don't you tell us about some of the moves that you made this week? Yeah, so I made a bunch in um Hunter Run Pro just with Yard. I made a bunch in TGFBI. I added Julian. That was apparently a dumb move. I spent like three hundred and forty dollars on Taj. Um I picked up Miller in my home league. FAI, I made a trade. I think we talked about that. Um, I haven't really done anything. I cut Daniel Hudson, I guess. That was my most recent move. And then, dude, in the Memorial Magazine League, you beat me to Taj for, by $4. Oh, <laughs> nice. I was so happy when I got him because I did not get him in TGFBI. So I was, I was super pumped. I hadn't spent a dollar in TGFBI yet, so I just... I spent it all, not all, but 30% of it. <laughs> well, it's a good buy. I mean, like, you, you're better off spending the money wisely instead of wasting it. So, you know what I mean? Like, you're better off getting, like, one super good player who's locked in than five, like, crappy players that you drop three weeks later. Right. And then, like I mentioned, I'd freaking signed Alex Wood and he got hurt so I'm about to drop him tonight yeah I talked about I talked about my moves on the pod with Gabe so if you want to listen to all the moves I made because I made quite a few then you can check it out in the last podcast teaser listen to listen to the last podcast if you want to find out what I did (laughs) uh I already talked about some of them 
Julian. I talked about Mason Miller. Um, I'll tell you what. My favorite. I'll, I'll give you a couple. My favorite moves that I made this week. Uh, I lo- I got Taj Bradley in the CBS Memorial Magazine League, but that's not even the, my favorite move I made in that league. I got Josh Lowe for six bucks. That wasn't my favorite move I made in that league. Uh, Fantasy Baseball Invitational, I got Mason Miller for $2, and that's a dynasty league. So I'm super pumped about that because I lost Jeffrey Springs, so I needed somebody. And then the OPL league that we're both in, we got a $1 Patrick Wisdom. And he just like he he lit it up. He had like five homers after we added him. And then we also got a one dollar Jose Quijada, who like we were so worried about our relievers in that league, dude. And then we just got a closer for one dollar. It's like now next year when we draft, we're just gonna I already know we're gonna be like fuck this. (laughs) Like we're not gonna spend shit, we're not gonna spend shit on closers next year. I already know that. Because we just got a one dollar closer. So Uh, uh, that's, I already know this is going to happen. <laughs> that's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, if you got, I, I guess, if, unless you have anything else, Raymond, you can do our Raymondism and lead us toward the end of the tunnel here. Yeah. So my Raymondism found on Twitter, um, before we started, and this is from Dan Clark. The Orioles have allowed just two runs in their last 44 and two thirds innings. That's the entire pitching staff working to a combined .40 ERA. That's insane. Oh, yeah. That's, that's ridiculous. Read that again. That's, that's so ridiculous. That's almost, you have to read that twice, I think. The Orioles have allowed just two runs in their last 44 and two-thirds innings, which is almost five complete games. That's the entire pitching staff work, working to a combined – Point four zero ERA. That is that's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> and who was it? Who's pitching? That's what I want to know. Like Tyler Wells, like guys like that, right? Is like Kyle yeah. Gibson, Tyler Wells, like Kyle Gibson threw yesterday. Grayson yeah. Rodriguez didn't throw yet. Grayson's pitching tomorrow, I think. So Yep. That is so nuts. That's By the way, crazy. By the way, Lars Newpar is one for two with a with a walk on top of it. So he's been on base two out of three times. Lead off man right here. My Cardinals. <laughs> Dude, I hope so. That would make my uh my Tommy Edmund train feel a lot better. Yeah. He should be. Anyway, thanks for listening. Uh check out our work on TG or on uh, Friends of Fantasy Benefits and follow us on the Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Subscribe, please, and rate and review. Do all the fun things. Do all the good things. And follow us on Twitter, at Fantasy Baseball and at Raymond Atherton. Thanks, people. We'll see you next time. Laters.